Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. In the land of Normor, in the fires of podcast doom, the Normie host forged in secret a master podcast to control all others. And into this podcast, they poured their takes, observations, and opinions into the one podcast to rule them all. It's Lords of November in an unexpected December, the Two Towers. On normies like us. Smeagol! The new power is rising. We should show you better. Looks like me. Back on the menu, boy. Potatoes, boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Woo! Now! Never! Come back! You heard it up top, normies. We are back. For another episode in our months-long exploration of the Lord of the Rings franchise, returning like two glistening towers. That's right. We're talking two towers on this week's episode with your hosts. Um, now, last week, you had my brother here, Colomore. I'm, I'm <laughs> Colomore, too. I'll be um, Micah Gorn. Uh, Leg Joe Loss. Ooh, oh, that's pretty good. Go. And we're we're here joined, as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube live. Uh, speaking of the two towers, it's almost like the mega powers, <laughs> the greatest tag teams in pro wrestling history. But special guests, introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Beardo Swaggins, and Ooh. I can simply talk into Mordor. Wow. Oh, <laughs> you can simply talk right into it. Wow, that's incredible. Um, you know, my cousin, friend of the show, been on the Final Fantasy VII remake episode. What? Happy to have him here. Yeah, and big uh, Lord of the Rings, big Hobbit fan, and he happened to be in town for the Two Towers, and that's uh, we're going to get after it. Very excited. Very happy. To have you. Thank you for having me back. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess here's a question then. While well, well, you're here, we kind of went over our histories with Lord of the Rings as a franchise, maybe the book series, if we read them or not. So. For you, what's kind of your background on Tolkien in general, Lord of the Rings, and Hobbitses and Peter Jackson? Tolkien in general, how I got started, started, was my aunt had a VHS of the Hobbit cartoon. That was my first... The Rankin-Bass one, right? Yep, that was my first step into all of it. Then after that, uh, we read that, you know, everyone had to read the... uh, you know, Lord of the Rings in, in school. Yeah, when you're high school and stuff. So I read that, read The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. And then when the movies came out, I actually missed the theatrical release because I was in the military at the time. But then I, we caught them all, all three as I came back. But for the most part, my only experience inside that universe for most of my childhood was just that Hobbit cartoon. That was really it. <laughs> And then wow. it was. It wasn't until into my twenties when I started actually watching the movies, and it was just you know those movies. Yeah, we spoke before um, Fellowship of the Ring. Just how crazy of a circum- coincidence it is that everything from set design, etc., went correctly, and there was really nothing that went wrong. It's kind of a miracle, and that three of them got made. It's pretty wild. It's pretty crazy. Chris, yeah, yeah. did you so, evolve? Uh, did you kind of follow the track we did of you know? Extended editions only, obsessing over the yeah. making of, the process I, and craft. I have the 30-disker, the extended. <laughs> oh, my Ooh. God. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, usually twice to three times a year, I'll drag my wife along to Mordor. I'll make her watch all six. Damn. You know, two or three-day period. <laughs> but, you know, bless her heart. You know, that's woman that loves me. She sits and she watches it. And uh, it was actually funny when they were making the Yorks. It was great because I could tell the wheels were spinning in her head and, you know, part one. And she asked, you know, hey, well, what's the deal with the orcs? What race are they? And literally, right, he talks about them being the elves right after that. So I was like, <laughs> oh, she's engaged. Finally. After like two times Damn. of watching all these. Finally, I've got That's her into it. That's a good Sam you got with you, though. She's willing to take yeah. that trip to Mordor, like you're saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. She'll carry me. I can't watch it for you, but I can watch it with you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I was, hey, I was just asking this, too, before you guys jumped on. But I, I said to Joe, who did the extended edition on this one as well, if his wife watched oh, as wow. well. And you said she. She, she did too, Joe. So this is kind of one for maybe hanging Congrats. out with the wife too. Exactly. It's so meaty. I mean, there there is 
Yeah, we'll have to get into it once we get into the episode proper. But have you ever seen the theatrical versions, or is it only I been extended? The funny DVDs? thing is, is my that's how I tricked her, right? So I was like, the theatrical versions are on sale for like on Christmas for like thirty bucks for all six. Mm. So I got them. It's like, oh, let's watch these movies. <laughs> you know, I know what they are. She watched them, and then when she started asking questions, and I was like, okay. I'm going to get, I'm buying all six Stendos and then I'm going to hit her with the lore now. So then, but it, you know, gracious as love is, she really <laughs> trucked it out with me and she, had, I'm lucky enough to have her enjoy what I enjoy too. Amazing. Watch all the extended. So Man. yeah, she she's actually seen the extended, she's seen theatrical and extended. I Damn. thought you were going to say, you said, here's the theatrical, but you put in the discs for extended. <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah. Well, Joe, then, how about you? You didn't watch the extended last time. What's your kind of history with Two Towers? Watching the theaters? What, you know, where where are you at? Yeah, so sitting down, I watched this one immediately after we talked about Fellowship of the Ring and uh, realized everything that I thought happened in the Two Towers is either at the end of Fellowship or the beginning of Return (laughs) of the King. So I did not remember uh, much of this movie at all. I've never seen any of the extended, so I did the extended for Two Towers. Uh, the whole thing was like, I don't know if maybe if I'd seen the theatrical more, like I'd be able to tell the difference. But no, I, I didn't remember like anything from this movie. I, really? I thought they were. Oh wow! I thought they were the other movies. Nice. Even Helm's Deep was a Return of the King battle. I thought, to yeah, yeah, yeah. No, literally, like it opens with that. Maybe <laughs> yeah. that's how it opens. Yeah, and I wouldn't. It starts, be, uh, it's a very exciting beginning. Like a last slide, yeah. so it all makes sense. Or, or some of the things like that I love, but it didn't even happen. Like, <laughs> like I guess you know we'll see when we get uh, well, to Return I of the King. Can't Kings, wait to hear more about brilliant. that. Um, but no, like, yeah, I, maybe I was never seen surprised at, at this one. Like I did not remember it as well as I thought I did. Okay, okay. Colin, how about you then? The That's blown towers. my mind. Again, you know, this was fully the point where it was like, you're in it, little Colin. Um, I was really thinking about you during this one, Mike. A big Christmas gift around this time when Two Towers oh. was coming out. The bestiary. J.R.R. Tolkien's bestiary. The, the guide of just all the critters and creatures in the, the Middle Earth universe. Because I was so into mm-hmm. the Ents. Um, I oh, really yeah. like this movie. I, I think it's great. Joe, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, there. I kind of agree with you in the stuff where I, I watched it this time and I was like, oh, I don't remember a lot of it. I disagree in the fact of watching the extended edition this time, which is four hours fucking long, as they all are. The moments where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, oh, Sam, you brought salt or are we going to roast chickens? And those conversations, I was like, no, there's no way I've ever seen this before. This is stretched out material. And uh, I'm loving it. Like, this is great. It's the finest salt in all the Shire, you know? <laughs> you can't lose that. It would be a shame. Uh, for me, I think we mentioned on the last episode, growing up watching these, I always thought Two Towers was my favorite. Fellowship had a really strong impression on me re-watching it because of how good it sets up the world. Uh, so up to this point... Not talking about Two Towers. I think Moria is my favorite sequence of any of them sure. so far on the rewatch, although I did enjoy much of this tremendously. And the number of memes in this one, I think, outnumbers, despite one does not simply march, uh, this might have more of them. Wow. And we'll get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, I think, mm-hmm. right after this. Ooh, God, I'm boiling mashup stick in a stew. Coming up next, Lord of the Rings, the towers that were two. We're back. We're talking Lord of the Rings. We're talking the two towers here on Normies Like Us. Um, And Chris, I'll I'll throw it to you first. I'll just say, you know, my first exposure to was that Rankin-Bass Hobbit movie. And as a kid, I found that film very frustrating. And I wonder if you did too, like reading the books and, and you guys as well, of, you know, Gandalf's role in The Hobbit is like, oh, I pushed you guys together. Here's a thief. Go out and do it. And I would just get frustrated. Gandalf seemed like such a cool character. I always just wanted him to be president. I wanted to be in it. Now, The Two Towers, this is a movie, Chris, where Gandalf does shit through this whole motherfucker. Uh, is, he, is he your favorite character? Is this, is this kind of a standout? Gandalf is, he's one of my favorites, but I gotta say, like, 
this show is too lit for me. Even though it's so gapped out, it's still Sam. Just wow. those touching moments. Wow. It's just, yeah. Like, yes. Because I in the extended, but like you like you were talking about earlier, with just those little extra tidbits of their relationship. For me, like the I know it sounds kind of weird, but like the male bonding of it, it just kind of reminded me a lot of like the relationships I had with friends in the Marine Corps and in war and stuff like that. So it, that was kind of a, that's a kind of a parallel that hit me really home, even though like Gandalf is right up there. Pro- I, I'd put him right at number two because I mean, how could you not with, I mean, he, yeah, he carries on. so much of every scene away from them. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with like, as far as this movie over the series, ah. he's that he's probably the goat in that one, but Sam always I steals it for me. Sam always steals it for me emotionally. I love it. That's the best thing. I was going bombastic. Yeah. I, I thought we'd start with the big character, but you to go straight to the heart, and you're right. Like, when Sam has the tears in his eyes at the end, like, literally at watching it, I'm just like, this is the greatest movie ever made. But it's so – Mike said the same thing last week. You love following the, the trail of Sam. I did say, yeah, Sam is, like, probably the heartbeat of the series, the trilogy, really. You know, and parallels with Tolkien, like, it's like you have somebody from your hometown who goes with you on this crazy journey and, like, the, the – friendship and the bond and we've said i think in fellowship these movies are all about like male relationships and showing them in positive ways and that's important to have that sam's great and gandalf has a lot of character growth in this movie and you get a lot of the trio of aragorn gimli and legolas so it's just a lot of groups of dudes being dudes running around uh you know tree beard pippin and mary just like just groups of dudes bonding hanging out sharing stories you know it's, it's a good time but surely this first scene, Joe, this is where you're conflating it to the last one. The fact that we get the the replay, we see it, yeah. it go through. He's fighting the Balrog in hell. We're starting with the action with Gandalf. It's it's dope, right? Oh, yeah. No, I love the opening. But again, like I thought I, for some reason I had a different version of the ending of the Fellowship. Uh, and, you know, I thought that's how we opened the Two Towers, not like in a replay at all, just like that's what I thought the first scene to kick it all off was. So like seeing it now, I was like, oh, okay, I I did just watch this last week, so it feels a little like rehashing, but I'm sure in theaters it would be super exciting. Like, I don't know, this one is, this one kind of lost me a little bit, I'll be honest. Like, I was not too into some of the, the journeys in this one. I mean, as a middle movie, it is long, even though like we love it, you know, me and Chris were watching it together. It's long. We love the extendos, but there'd be times where like we watched two hours of this and we still haven't like gotten to key plot points. I don't care, though. I'll, I'll, I'll live in this world. Right. Colin, how do you feel? And, and I think that opening's really strong, too, if you well, want to talk about how yeah. you felt there. And I, but the middle movie curse, Mike, you bring up is it, be. you know, none of us would say Back to the Future 2 is our favorite. All of us might say Empire is our favorite Star Wars. It's Where does it fall on that spectrum to you guys, I even want to ask first. Second movie? For, curse? I think I think it, it with the extended for me, personally, with all the extra things it adds, I would say it, it holds up very well as quite possibly my favorite out of the three. And like I said, I know you guys are going to do a whole episode on part three, so I won't I think I agree in. so I far. I won't dive into that or anything, but it just with so much that's added, like, like you was talking about the, the male relationships, you know, you even see, they even develop a relationship with Smeagol. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. There's, sure. It's just, sure. it's so thick and meaty with just the layers of character development. I really like it. So I would say, dare I say, you know, it's my favorite of the mm. three. Wow. Well, maybe there might be the least plot happening potentially because it's the middle and then you get the big conclusions, I guess, next. There's the yeah. most character development happening here. Remember Legolas, how he never said a word to Frodo and we knew nothing about him in Fellowship? <laughs> now we're getting those relationships expanded. And that's what I think the strength of this movie is. You can dive in, especially extended, into extreme detail. And like I said, all these different groups that we have uh, working towards a common goal or trying to stop our heroes. It's still, you know, Grima, Wormtongue, and Saruman. There's, it's all in there and you get the meat of the sandwich, I think, as Chris is trying to allude to. But, yeah. I think the bread, though, this first toasted bread of the Balrog Gandalf is pretty badass. (laughs) Sure is. Yeah. And maybe in that metaphor, Mike, the lettuce is um, the democracy of trees, Joe. I I couldn't see that kind of (laughs) slowing this film down a little bit, but you're still going to get some bacon. You know, you're going to get Helm's Deep. That's all I'll say. 
Helmsteep mm-hmm. felt uh, a lot shorter than I remembered it. Like, I, I don't know. Like, for some reason, I had in my head, like, the second hour was Helm's Deep, and there was other stuff going on, but that was that. And, like, I kept watching the runtime, I was like, oh, this is going to be a lot tighter than I remembered. And it really is just, like, scene to, or, you know, beat to beat of that sequence is all bangers. There is, it's all killer, no filler for, like, this still, like, 20 to 30 minute sequence. Yeah. 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 It is quite impressive, and um, just like the scale, the scope, the re- the weather effects, it feels almost Kurosawan when the rain starts falling, and yeah. you know it, it's pretty. Beautiful. And the orc with a dream, you know, he just <laughs> wanted to get in there with his torch, you know. And so, well, and, and and to set it up, you know, like let me just set up. Would you like a box to stand on? I mean, how are you going to start out with? Like, that's how you're going to kick that uh, off. I mean, it's so. It's this so movie. Is so funny, Chris. There's, you know, unlike, I love the Marvel movies, unlike the Marvel movies where all the humor is snarky line, snarky line, snarky line, there is character comedy in this film that gets developed so well of Gimli's height, of course, would be a a weird thing you would have to point out in the battle, or them just having the personal kill count and banter back and forth. It's it's wonderful. Yeah, even stuff with Smeagol, like, because yeah. we're, we're starting this movie out with them continuing their journey, right? And they basically meet up with Smeagol, uh, you know, like Joe said, hey, there's this guy. You get your wonderful payoff, Joe, finally. We meet yeah. the greatest character ever, Smeagol. <laughs> he just, yes. like, up and he's like, can I have a cigarette? Like, that is what it's like. like he's just wandering he's around. He's a junkie. He's just we ran into him this around. weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it starts out that way, but then there's things where we have the great... I think this is the greatest way to bring up the characters. The Smeagol versus Gollum scene. The, the mirror image where we're learning that there's two personalities here. Uh, one is um, very negative and hateful and angry and abusive towards the other. That's saying it's worthless. And the one doesn't maybe necessarily want to do evil, but was corrupted by the ring. And so there's this weird kind of dynamic. And you learn to sympathize with the character, which makes the struggle that Sam and Frodo have with how to deal with him that much more effective because we as an audience are kind of conflicted as well. Yeah, and it, and it, it develops Frodo. a relationship to where the point with, uh, you know, I am bound to him and he's bound to me. You know, I don't want to skip too far ahead, but... Master. You know, that Yeah, exactly, to where he, he actually he is his master and he sees him as, you know, they, they could both almost share the pressures it feels like at times, like, like is he really with him all the way here? Like... You really feel that, and they convey it very well in the film. And it's a CG guy. Exactly. <laughs> Mike, yeah. it's a CG guy. We're introducing Andy Circus here as Gollum. Joe loved him climbing in the background, but really in the <laughs> first one, all we saw was the torture scene arm, heard a voice off screen. Boom. We're getting a huge character in the Lords of the Rings universe. Chris, I asked Joe this last time. I'm going to ask you right now. You said you watch these a lot. You, you watch them a couple times a year. It's, I'm sure it's not a, a non-fresh viewing, but it's 2021. What did you think of Gollum, the entire effects and just execution Dude, as a character? I have said it's it. It's 2012. I, I said it to him just when we started watching it, just with the opening scenes, the Balrog, all that stuff. This, you can quote me and I'll take it. I'll die on this hill. This is just <laughs> like Jurassic Park with the puppets. It. I don't Fuck think it'll yes. ever. Be, it'll never be outgrown, man. It's so beautiful. It's so it's it's so visually stunning, and nothing's choppy. I mean, yeah, there, there's some CGI stuff with Legolas, but I mean, he's supposed to move around like that anyway. So, like, yeah, it's, yeah, he's it's magic. beautiful, and he and he's absolutely yeah, Gollum. He is he is precious. He's gorgeous <laughs> in the movie. Like, and he's still today. Today he is. Yes, it's it's visually stunning. Yes. I think going back to the Star Wars episodes we did a couple years ago during the um, d- November-December split, uh, definitely this is the same time we had a Jar Jar. Joe, what holds up more? Jar Jar yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious, right? Like, yeah. beyond Gollum, I think, like, Treebeard, the Balrog, all of the creature designs in this hold up so well that I think... I, that Jurassic Park comparison, I love that, man. That is uh, something I think you could easily put in like a pillar of movies where it's like unparalleled. You just can't beat it. Yeah. And Joe, you brought up last time about how Weta also extends into the toy world where the people creating these creatures are designing the sculpts and Colin, you said, Oh, it's like almost a money saving thing. We'll just hire 
Peter Jackson. He's got Weta Workshop, and we'll save money. <laughs> but they did a better job than George Lucas's company did with Jar Jar. Yeah. So that was the right move. I mean, the right. That's company so for the true. Job. ILM would have been tied up at the moment, making the goofiest performer of all time. Now we talked special features stuff last time too. Not something you'd hear on special features, but you see a lot of internet chatter on this. That mm. Jar Jar and Smeagol slash Gollum are a little closer to the Roger Rabbit spectrum of special effect opposed to the Planet of the Ape in that they're not really mo-capped per se as much as sort of like a rotoscope performance over. Mm. Uh, to that, I would say you don't get close-ups of Roger Rabbit in that movie. You get close-ups in Smeagol's eyes where he is emoting in this film. They let him yeah. play two characters in the same scene, and he carries it as a yeah. computer boy. There's literally, there's no, there's no feeling like the Jar Jar in the Roger Rabbit where it, it's a puppet in front of everything. It's, you're engaged. You know, it's very, he's, you're engaged the whole time, and yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Somehow they bypass the Uncanny Valley. But yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And the, yeah, the back and forth, the tragic character, Frodo sees kind of what his fate could be. And that's why I said the retcon of making Gollum of Hobbit, because I don't think that was in the book of The Hobbit, right? It's like now Frodo sees what is at stake for him. And he has to pity this creature because he has to hope that he can come back and be redeemed after what he's going to go through. Now, Mike, that is so interesting that you say hope, that you say redemption. I'm laughing. To me, Frodo is in that (laughs) position where he, you know... Sam's his friend from high school. Well, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he does. He's, he wants to drop that ring. But he's, yeah. he has Sam's that friend from high school. Smeagol's that new friend in college. Sam's just jealous. He's got that whole dynamic going on. Mm-hmm. But to what you just said about faith and redemption, the subtext of this entire film, and I just want to get this out real quick, and why I yeah. think this movie rules. You get it in Aragorn. You get it in Legolas. You get it in Frodo. All of these characters are a pin's drop away from losing faith of the situation that they're in, but Mm. still they push forward and through with it. Now, in a bad writing circumstance, and I don't want to shit on this movie, JK, normie listeners, you know I love to. If you like this movie, (laughs) that's totally up to you. Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is a movie with no subtext that literally just has Batman saying, have faith, Alfred. We need to have faith in this situation. Um, We need to believe in ourselves. It's all about faith. It's all about trust. We have to trust Superman. Faith this, faith that. He wants to get it out. That's what that movie's about, that it's about good people having faith to stay good. The reason Two Towers is about that, and you know it is, without subtlety in any way, or with subtlety, I'm sorry, you know, uh, 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 without overtness, is lines where Legolas is speaking in Elvish You'll die with them, or you'll die if you stay here. Then I'll die with them, Aragorn replies. He's not saying we need to trust these people. You're seeing them literally have this storm of an internal maelstrom of emotion just seething underneath their person. And they deliver lines that are not only impactful and important, but have nothing to do with that. They, 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 they play away from it. And it's just so goddamn well written. And it's just so executed so fucking well. A movie with four writers for it. I don't know how they pull it off. Yeah, most movies need at least seven. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nowadays, right? And then just to simply, him simply saying, I will die as one of them. Oh, I love it. In man speak to be like, hey man, I'm Numenorian, you know. Well, you know, don't forget, you know. And let's everybody and let's else start, hear him. Yeah, yeah, like he start and lets them hear him that, you know, he's relating as a leader, that he, they're leading this Making situation. The so you can't quit. I think that's a big theme of this. And that even with some of the new characters, like you said, Colin, everyone needs to, it's, there's a lot of redemption in this. Let's, let's talk Gandalf really quick. You yes. know, he started out as the stoner who shows up late to the birthday party, <laughs> just wants to shoot off fireworks, you know, and then he loses the Sauron. All of a sudden he, his crossing the threshold is fly you fools. And, you know, then he defeats the Balrog, becomes Gandalf the white and defeats Saruman for the first time. 
he's now ascending and taking responsibility, reaching out to the, the kings of men to get them on board. Like he's oh now stepping God. up, you know, putting down the pipe. Mike, and I don't yeah. know if we see him smoke from this point on in the trilogy. <laughs> we had some other characters do it. Mike, so this much happens watch. in this movie yeah. that you forget that our lead Oscar nominated actor is reborn in the first act. And by the third act, he's the first person down a hill on a horse fighting people on a sword. And you're just like, this is, this is madness. It's a two hour that, first. Act, and that's what yeah. I like about it. Like you were talking about how he's kind of the go of the movie, because it, it's like that theme of you can't just start something and walk away. Like you can't just start a bunch of, a bunch of crap, like start these people on the way. And then yeah, you cannot be outside of it at this point. It's too, it's too big that everyone has to be involved. I and think that's that what was Pippin and Mary say to each other, Chris, literally when he says, but if we, if we go back to the Shire, that means one day there won't be a Shire to go back to. And you're just like, exactly. Jesus Christ, all of these it's people so are making the most important decisions in their lives at this exact moment. This movie rules. It is so strong. Yeah. What about some of these new characters, Joe? You know, we get the introduction of Rohan and the Rohirrim and uh, Edoras, <laughs> right? Is any of that work for you, <laughs> those <laughs> words? Yeah, those no, I, don't, uh, I don't care about any of that. Like, Rohan! <laughs> excluding, <laughs> excluding Gollum, who, you know, like, technically was in the first one. I don't like any yeah, yeah. one of these new characters. You, I really? Could, I could leave every one of them behind. You don't Sean like Gaines inserted brother? female character for triangle drama? <laughs> I don't I, like I, that. I like Eowyn, man. Hmm. But go I, ahead, I, Joe. You, you say your piece. I just, I extra don't need Sean Bean's brother. Like, I got enough people to care about already. I just don't. That, it's, oh, again, I don't. redemption. It's such a good <laughs> redemption. Or, I wouldn't yes, have enough of it in there already. I don't need, like, you could, you could just take that story out and everything that we've talked about so far still plays and still works. The movie's just 45 minutes shorter. But a- but then Eowyn doesn't get the love payoff either with someone who understands the struggle of being a sibling in royalty. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, I guess. The payoff. <laughs> All right, so strong, I'm not strong saying it doesn't Joe. pay off or anything like that. It's just I just, uh, just I don't need it. It doesn't do it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like, got a pastrami sandwich and there's too much fucking pastrami on it. So I'm just going to take half that and put it away anyway. Like... Oh, but it's good. It's salty and good. <laughs> I want much. all the pastrami. That's enough slices. So if you had to cut Treebeard's scenes or <laughs> Faramir's scenes, which would you cut first? I think I would cut Faramir's. I think I'd keep Treebeard. Wow. It gives well, Mary and Pippin yeah. something to do, and I like Mary and Pippin. But even okay. in the fountain, where he has to express really how important Gollum is to the mission, because I mean... That- yeah. Like Gollum, Gollum. Gollum is equally important as to getting so there. juicy sweet. Ooh, I only wish to catch a fish. Sweet. Yeah, that that could have anyone else could be like you know that could have been Legolas. That could have been any other character oh, to be like no, hey, I'll put a bullet right in this no, guy's head Joe. right now. And Frodo being like no, like the moment still Hawkeye. works it, to me. But it, yeah, but it, it sets up Sam yelling at him about you know why his brother died. You know. No, for me the Boromir yeah, no, tie-in it all works. It yeah. all pays off. It's all yeah. great. Yeah, it's just uh, well, they're not my bag, and that's where I, you start to lose me a little bit, you know. And we we have established that fantasy is generally not the uh, wheelhouse for Joe. So I was I do not a Hobbit you. household. Yeah. These movies, <laughs> theatrical cut, are the only experience yeah. I have until like I this this is definitely my first rewatching at least at least eight years. Wow. Well, I appreciate you exposing yeah, yourself to yeah. the extended edition on this, That's despite crazy. all that. Yeah, and I respect your opinion and understand that it doesn't necessarily work. Um, Colin, well, what works. do you think about some it's of the just, new characters? You don't well, need it. You don't want it. It's yeah. Too much pastrami yeah. in the sandwich. Yeah. I, well, I just want to shout out David Wenham, the actor who plays uh, uh, Faramir too, uh, to say his name. I, Chris, that... I don't even think I've, again, I've said on this podcast in the last one, I don't think I've ever <laughs> understood what these movies are actually ever about plot-wise. But just the, the scene in the well with him and where he's like, I mean, it's just it's it's the mind game of every spy movie, you know, where the spy master takes you somewhere and goes, see these innocents. I'm about to kill them. What do you think about that, James Bond? Just was <laughs> like, I don't think anything about that. And you're like, oh, my God, what's he going to do in this moment? I'm on the edge of my seat. Um, I just think. 
you know, Elijah Wood, I just think is like the unsung hero of this thing. He's just like fucking killing it with his innocence too. And the scene where he does confront him and, and, and learns, you know, I found my brother's horn cleft in twain. Obviously he's dead. I felt it. Uh, how did he die, sir? You know, say so. It's just, you're, you're just with that kid the whole fucking way. I don't know. Yeah, again, it's another redemption arc. Faramir represents the redemption of the race of men. Where Boromir failed, where Denethor failed, he He's lets gonna do Frodo the right go. thing. He has the ring of power within his grasp, and he lets him go because he did what his just, brother yeah, couldn't. It's, it's, it's good. <laughs> But it's, it's too much good. meat. Yeah. Eric Lloyd's already but, doing that in the story. Again, it's great. He but is like, actually. There's just too much so fucking right. pastrami. So right, Save some of it there, for another day. Eat it with eggs. Some beautiful poetry <laughs> of the fact that you literally have Kate Blanchett, like the greatest actress of all time, narrating that action out and being like, if he had done this, all the world would be destroyed. But this is the point of the movie, you see. And I'm like, oh, that's right. This is the point of the movie, Kate Blanchett. You're amazing. It feels like Aragorn's arc in this, you know, Faramir is strictly about the race of men, but Aragorn is in between. He's the intermediary between the elves and humans, and he's the one who can broker kind of these deals with Elrond to get them to come help. Or, and, it, and I think yeah. the way he brings them in with at the very end of, of one, you know, like, let's go hunt some orc. It kind of, it's the catalyst to him maturing out of being a ranger into cast, you know, cast, the cast aside, you know. So the, mm. they're hunting all those orc, and then they're seeing, okay, it's a lot deeper than just hunting orc, and it's very big. You know, it, I think it being away from the ring and seeing what's going on without being by it is equally as important as seeing, like, oh, yeah, this is pretty crucial. You know what I mean? The fallout. We did discuss how the Fellowship of the Ring only lasted for an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's like, it, it does show kind of the, the impact and the scope. And that's with all the, the side stories of the war on Mordor and the preparations being made in the two towers of Barad-Durr and uh, Orthanc. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I almost forgot the names of the two towers. <laughs> I'm very proud. How embarrassing. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I think... Like, I just want to mention Wormtongue. What a great character to hate. I do like Theoden's arc. I like Eowyn and Eomer, and I, I like Rohan a lot. And you get the most with kind of Strider and Gimli and Legolas and this kind of human size action in this movie, too. Like, maybe the last Battle of Three, but we'll get there. But there's a lot, a lot more than we did in the first movie. a lot of drama on this one. Sort that of, too, you know, yeah. mixing in the background. And we know that Sam definitely is a better cook than uh, Eowyn. Yeah, and then there's at just one point a a slow-mo love montage where Elrond is just like shooting you straight down the barrel of the camera, just like telling you like, you know, love each other. This is what this is about. That part maybe was the stuff I might have taken out, Joe. (laughs) That's probably part of the extendos. (laughs) But yeah, I mean... That's pretty much what we're talking about. The meat of it is everybody's in the middle of their journey and slowly maturing. Like we said, with Gandalf, you know, Faramir, Sam, and Frodo, like they're learning what is going to happen to Frodo by seeing the state that Smeagol is in, right? And can we trust him? Can we not? And it's exciting exciting growth. It's like it's exciting growth the whole time. Is you're on the crazy seat. Yeah, the crazy part to me, it's like it's like you know, almost backstoryish and character building is kind of like. You know, a steady wave, but no, I'm surfing this thing, baby, like the whole time. J.R. Tolkien's a very good writer in the fact that this is almost a road movie at parts. A smart plotting device of the bad guys looking for two hobbits. You're probably wondering why I introduced two idiot hobbits in the first one, aren't you? Ha ha ha. Fucking paid off, you morons. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking great and cool. Um, And then you get, is this the, uh, just a Peter Jackson shout out thing for filmmaking. Is this the Mm -hmm. only movie that has a medieval fantasy Rambo suit up montage? When Eric Horn before the Battle of the Deep, you know, (laughs) puts on all his stuff beat for beat, you know, tied on and it's super close and cool. I mean, it's shot exactly like a Rambo suit up montage. It's it's amazing. 
it's weird. Like we said, the guy who did Freebles and the Frighteners <laughs> is allowed to take on something of this scale and not only knocks it out of the park, but the tone of every scene. Like, he nails this action trope beat thing. He nails yeah. the sphere of, like, what about their legs? Like, that yeah. scene is so tension-filled and it scary. Is. Well, then, And then, like, the, the, bit, the build-up of the Rambo suit up, and then to just take your foot off the gas... With Gimli dropping the shirt to the floor, you know? <laughs> and then just to get right it's back so into the relationship of those guys, you know? Chris, you, to have you go in the middle of level that out. the most serious moment of it, like, shit, these guys might actually not make it. For Gimli to turn and say, throw me. I mean, it's just... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, come on. You, I could almost just be like, this. they should hire Peter Jackson to r- start writing Marvel movies. I'm sorry to keep harping on that, but it's just he needs to oh, do no, something like it. Yeah, I just love the way... He, like, they're still by themselves. They're by themselves. No one's around still under his breath. You'll have to toss me. Like, still. You can't tell no the other. No one's around. Still, the, the shame. The shame of it. You, know, you can't tell the other. No one. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, even quiet moments of that buildup, it, it's a good sword, you know, with the, with the boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, awesome. Broom boy. Love him. Yeah. Broom yeah boy. Star pretty, Wars broom boy style. Yeah. In the the best Star Wars sequel, Last Jedi. That's right, Broom Boy. That's see, it. but if, if you cut Rohan, you don't get Broom Boy. You you would still. That's true. You, there would have still like the plot could go exactly the same. You could just shave some of it off. I guess is what I'm saying. Like I like that we have the stakes of like, oh, we're defending people. This is not just like, oh, we're climbing a mountain anymore. Like there are other parties who are at stake. I think it does a great job world building that out. And showing maybe how Sauron's forces kind of take control of disparate kingdoms, whether through influence or rings of power. Like, you can see the corruption that they're kind of spreading out into the, the worlds of men right now. <laughs> so, If you guys got old man cursed, how fucking lucky would you be if Gandalf the White showed up and undid it? I don't think it would happen. I think I would just die an old man. I was, I was thinking that watching it. Yeah, right, and that's the moment that he defeats him because you wouldn't park an old man with his walking stick. Yeah. <laughs> Staff! Like, it's so yeah. good. They took all their stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you know, Theoden it has, it's it's showing, oh, I could do a political kind of thing with other kings. Like, again, Aragorn's growing. I mean, and that's good. Like, the Gandalf growth of, it's kind of like a coming-of-age moment where he throws off the black robe. It's like, no, I'm in here. I'm in the front. We're doing Turn this. the Jedi, baby. You, too, no more hands off, you know, and that was that, which I really I really like that development, developmental aspect of it, too, as for Gandalf's growth. Saruman is Saruman should have been, mm-hmm. you know. A little fake out with the Christopher Lee crossfade, you know. It's good stuff. I just like pastrami. Uh, to put it simply, you know. Manja, manja, manja. That's right. Stack it higher, baby. <laughs> I guess that you said you like Marion Pippin, Joe. Besides, you know, they survive after meat is back on the menu. Uh, and they get into the Fangorn Forest. Uh, yeah. If I may, what did you think about the give him some medicine boys scene with those two? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You remember that, that, Joe? That works for me. Yeah. Good, yeah. I figured he just wanted to get a sip of grog and he was, yeah, he's, yeah. He's yeah. tricking him. Yeah. <laughs> get some of that. <laughs> but their whole thing with essentially trying to get a pacifist group, the Ents, they're, they're kind of older than almost time and trying to get them. And, you know, obviously John Reese Davies did the voice for this. This is my fun fact for the episode. The only behind the scenes I'll do. They recorded his voice and then played it through a bunch of wooden boxes and baffles. And then on the other end, they had a microphone. So it sounds very woody. That is so fucking cool. What a nice touch, right? Anyway, um, so I think he does a great job, even though he wasn't friends with anyone on set, allegedly. He was the grumpiest member of the fellowship. Right, I was saying. Um, The politics imagery, you know, we were bringing up last time. You were saying World War II, Mike. So the well, the, the, one, two, the yeah. bodies, you know, that and when um, Frodo gets pulled down in the water, we've heard a lot is supposed to be like uh, imagery for the trenches. That J.R.R. came back and he was like, I, I got to work through this. But the Ents mm-hmm. are, you would say, almost like a U.N. type figure. It's, it's a criticism of like the long lengths of legislation and, you know, bureaucratic conversations opposed to action. And then you just get this. None. Yeah, force or whatever. blowing up Saruman, basically. It's like, fuck you, you forgot magic trees exist in the wood, dude. You should probably stop cutting down trees. 
Yeah, there's a big uh, industrialization kind of note on that. And yeah, Joe, like Mary and Pippin being in there, how do you feel about their handling of that scenario and being, you know, besides the magic water and getting taller? <laughs> I yeah, the catalyst. <laughs> yeah, the catalyst for, for the catalyst for do something, trees. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love it. Because that's what you would have kept. They're, I mean, they're yeah. the, the, the Scooby and Shaggy of this this group, right? Like, they're always just kind of off doing their own Very thing. Fair. But love at them. the end, they're going to be there to, like, unmask the monster. So I love that, like, they're literally just, like, <laughs> oh, hanging wow. around Very the whole fair. time. Very fair that's, analogy. That's Damn. so true, Doc. <laughs> that's and incredible. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. And they, like... Like you said, the whole thing's about male bonding, right? Like, that's every relationship here. These are just two buddies who just, like, are hanging out, having a good time. Like, they're not really... Like, the stakes aren't that high for them, even though I know they are. Like, oh, they're going to get eaten. But, like, no, they're not. They're fine. Like, this is a Scooby-Doo cartoon when they're on screen. Yeah. And a lot of what happened in Fellowship was kind of Mary's fault, fool of a took, you know, and, and he's going to continue to do that in the next movie, spoiler, but um, slowly they're kind of realizing the stakes, and, and I'm sorry, Pippin, I get Mary and Pippin confused, as everyone does, <laughs> fool of a took, but I think Mary, it's, it's Mary who really grows, and this world, you're part of this world, right? And he kind of has that growth in this, yeah. in this one. And they're starting to go from, oh, we're just accidentally here to maybe we have a role to play even. Yeah, because his role lessons. is, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, his role is just basically has been, you know, getting into trouble and bailing out the fool of a took. And then now it's like, yeah, we got to do bigger things. And he gets fully engaged with the trees. And, yeah, and yeah. then we get the great... The, he gets his turn. Yeah. He gets radicalized. And even... And even yeah, and Pippin himself is the one who comes up with the most clever way. You know, the closer we are to danger, the farther we are from harm. It gets him to see the devastation being caused by the wizard who should know better. And then we get trees throwing rocks at uh, Isengard. It's great. A lot of miniature work, a lot of very cool practical effects. Oh, stuff so awesome. Flooding, it's incredible. Damn. Yeah. And so that's kind of our simultaneous final battle intercut with... The Helm's Deep, and the big thing with Helm's Deep is we don't have enough forces. Yeah. We've seen Saruman's army of... Yeah, that, that was their raptors in the faith. kitchen for the Jurassic Park reference. <laughs> yes, yes. And so then we're wondering, you know, can the uh, allies come and help? You know, are we going to get any help or are we on our own? And, you know, so that's kind of the main thrust here. And eventually we do get the elves coming to help, which is not in the book. I, don't, I haven't read them in a long time. Oh, really? The elves coming to help is probably... a in addition, in the movies, it's maybe an improvement yeah. because it sells that idea of leadership. Yeah, yeah and I, that's, I, I could definitely respect your point of really enjoying that more because even though the, the add-on of the humans to the ring is technically like more action-packed and like you know really tense, but seeing them come into their own and do all these things with the trees is... Uh, I, I could see where you'd be like really happy with that. Yeah. As opposed to horse As riding. As opposed to horse riding. I mean, it's, so. you know, all the characters that. we introduced in Fellowship, like I'm ride or die with them to the end of this whole thing. So I want Mary and Pippin to get just as much of a payoff as everyone else. But Sean Bean's brother, Abs- I just Absolutely. met you. Sean Bean's brother. I don't know. I don't I'm know. also yeah, here. You ain't never been to the show. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and you're kind of a jerk. Uh, <laughs> on first blush yeah <laughs> he spins he spins baby we find out he's he's uh, abused he has a chance to prove his quality there's a chance for Fairmere at least shall I shoot if I can't prove if my son calls juicy sweet I will to catch a fish so juicy sweet but yeah, I guess we kind of talked Helm's Deep. It's weird, like, I feel like we've kind of taken a big bite out of this sandwich. We can talk kind of the final yeah. battles, like, any other details that you like, we can go around. Like, Joe, what's something else you appreciate about this that we haven't done yet? Uh, the Warriors 3, man. Like, I know, yeah. we, you know, we touched on the battle, but like, I again, I, you know, these movies have melded together in my head. And I think this is like... When I think of those three characters, it's everything from this movie. But then, like, I thought things that happened in the next battle sequences were in this battle sequence. 
I I remembered the sliding on the shield, you know, way before Link did it. That was super cool. Um, <laughs> like, and you know, like the, the keeping the kill count and stuff like that. That all really works amazing. for me. So the Warriors three are probably a big standout here, but it's also like definitely Sam's movie. You know, like you have oh my buddy's going down a path, and I've seen what the end of that path is, and I'm really fucking nervous about it. But it's not my decision, so I just have to be supportive. Like, I, I really appreciate all of that drama. So, it's tough. I mean, like, when you look at just the people we came from the beginning with, like, I'm all for everything that happens in it. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Colin, how about you? How do you feel about um, I, I, Heroes 3, I, any I, of that? I have to say the shield sliding thing, too, to bring up real quick. I had said last week, but just to give the full story here, when I saw this in theaters, you know, people clapped at the end of the movies we it wasn't like marvel movies yet where you know everybody was going to just be screaming all the time and getting up and like losing their mind and stuff or <laughs> you wait for a post cred and you're like yo spider man you know everybody's like laughing and stuff none of that when the shield sliding thing happened a guy very naturally he was not making this up he just had to stand up and he just did the shrillest and he just he was so excited and so happy and everyone started screaming and cheering and you know i would say that's not even the the cap getting mjolnir and endgame moment that's that's uh, gandalf arriving you know at the end at helm's deep but just to just yeah you know, like you said mike we, nobody even really knew who fucking Legolas was at this point or whatever. He was just a cool character, a character that's kind of up and down in the movie. But I, I've got a, car, a comic here. Ooh. I believe Jacob also reads this series. In the 2000s, Foxtrot. I was a big Foxtrot fan. One of their trades, Orlando Bloom ruined everything. <laughs> now, oh, now wow. normies that watch this, this is to show you the cultural impact of Lord of the Rings at the time. Fellowship was big, Totally. By the time this one happened, this is the tie-in for Two Towers. Look at this. It's an audience full of girls going. They had figured out the chemistry of Orlando Bloom. People loved Orlando Bloom. We're going to get to <laughs> the did. pirates one day. Oh, yeah. But fucking, he was hot. Legolas was a character that just made people lose their minds for some reason. He was never my favorite. Oh. I'm just going to say that. Uh, but just yeah. what he meant for the Lord of the Rings guys, he did so fucking much. Well, Jacob would be the first to say, Archer dudes are cool. Yeah. Archer dudes are cool, guys. What was this? Ladies the love them and dudes want to be them. I guess not. Robin Hood would be the birth of like the, yeah. the modern age of, uh, yeah. oh, bow dudes are cool. But I don't know. Like, yeah, you guys, were you watching that Kevin Costner Robin Hood movie a bunch when we were kids? No. no like, and I think there was sexy. was the one. There were sexy movie stars in nerd things. People had figured that out, right? You would get, like, Pam Anderson to appeal to us as dudes. They figured out the formula to get ladies to go to Lord of the Rings. Chris, who is your wife's favorite character, if I had to ask? Is it Legolas, maybe? It's it's probably a toss between Legolas or Aragorn. And that's your two draws, yep. That's your two. (laughs) And And when you combine both those characters, guess what you get? The CW's Arrow. But the idea of someone uh, just like standing up and screaming because it's like so fucking cool and like I, it, I, that, I, I've the never... spirit had taken him, Joe. <laughs> yeah, he was possessed by the one it's, ring. It's like talking Dude, in tongues at like a, a church service. Yeah, that man loves him some pastrami in that theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he was here for it, man. He ordered uh, an extra hot press. So, your know, question though, as someone who's never read these books, at one point in the books, is he like, and then That's the fucking Legolas like, okay. is super cool and he does Very like a flip dry dry British actor. Yeah. So there's this thing called shield sliding, and it's very <laughs> yeah. dope, as the children would say. Yes. No, obviously not. Someday Just, they but, will snowboard. But to, to that point, Joe, that is to say, that is a guy who visualized everything he could want from a Lord of the Rings movie. I hope they cast this person. I hope they do that. He couldn't cook up in a thousand fucking years that that scene was going to be in a movie and was going to be a cool action set piece. That's the power of filmmaking and Peter Jackson and and whoever takes on one of these big properties. No, I read that part in the book. It says, and as the rain fell upon the steps, drenching them, making them slippery, Legolas stepped upon the shield and propelled himself at great speed. 
And with careful, keen accuracy, took out several orcs on the way down before kick flipping it into the neck. (laughs) Have you ever seen a kick flip? (laughs) Do one. (laughs) Yeah. So that's like Peter Jackson knowing how to elevate the action of the material to something. I think because Tolkien would write about, like, even the Battle of Five Armies, not a jump ahead, it's like, dude falls asleep and then the battle's over. Jump behind. He wants to talk about the politics that lead up to it more, you know, the languages and the cultures more, so PGA is able to kind of elevate and bring the cinematic scope, which, frighteners to this, how? But thank you for doing it, you know, and, and that's kind of... Helm's Deep is one of the great cinematic battles ever. I might like it more than Return of the King, but I need to rewatch it. You know what I mean? It's a great battle, they, like Joe said. It, it, just to, from what I remember, there's the the sequel, and you again, they're shooting these so quick. You almost even wonder how he keys into what worked so well. But Mike isn't there. They track the kill count. He does yeah, a badass he does a flip slide. On a- on an elephant, I think, in the next On one. an elephant is yeah. how he fucking does it, Because I thought that Joe, was in this so one. Right. Like, I, no. I think I was mixing I, I like up a this. bunch of I the like battles it together. Well, it was the cave troll in Fellowship. And then Peter Jackson had a term for it. He called it, he wanted to give Orlando a leggy moment in every movie. Love it. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. So it, it is a thing that PJ would plan for. Uh, yeah. Gotta get him on the leggy pipe. moment in here. <laughs> yes, exactly. So they just got leggy. bigger and bigger. Yes. Oh man. But, How about uh, you guys, Mike? What? Uh, just a standout thing that you didn't you didn't get to talking about on this one. I think just in rewatching it, it was very long, but we were there for the entire thing. Every time we're like, oh man, there's three hours left. We're like, there's three hours left. You know, like let's keep <laughs> hey. going. Hey, yeah. this is great. You know, more. This is the best. But uh, I think I kind of covered a lot of the, the redemption arcs. Like, you know, I just wanted to make sure we covered Faramir and Theoden coming back and taking over his kingdom. I think that's the theme of this part of the book is about redemption and um, hope, right, essentially. And so this this is, um, we'll see if it's my favorite, but I could watch mm. the extended over and over again. I really like the pathos of Faramir. And I, I do like Eowyn more because of where she's going in her next movie. But I, I like where we're at. So we'll, we'll talk about that next time. But Chris, how about you? Anything we didn't kind of Okay. We talked about memes, did we not? Oh, we did. We did talk Ooh, about memes. Rack them up. Okay, so we're talking about the Warriors 3 kick in the helmet. How can you... You're going to make... Ta- you're going to take something that's supposed to be boring. And we already know the payoff because we know the plot armor that they have. But just after seeing them get away from the orcs and then seeing them retrace... And discuss because they don't know retrace it through something that's supposed to be boring. Him just doing the tracking and making that exciting that just it, that baffles me how that can engage me. And that is something that should be boring. Oh, I'm going to put my ear to the ground and show you how I track stuff. And then so you get a little bit of insight of the Numenorean senses. And on top of that, how you know him him using the ranging. And it should be boring, like this, oh, we're just going to walk and try to find these guys. Maybe they're dead, maybe they're not, because they find the burnt up, you know, scabbard and everything. And, like, that should be boring, but it's not, even though you know the payoff. And for me, I guess that's something that is really extra for me. That It's like, oh, yeah, like he was yeah. saying, it's, it's one of those moments, like, we still got three hours to go. Oh, but we still got three hours to go. Yeah. But I even that, more than that, oh, go you've got four more hours to go. Chris, does yeah, right. the, the, does the tease at the end to set up for the next one, oh, she can kill the hobbitses. That's what okay. we'll do. We'll take her to her. Does uh, that work on you? It, I think it works. It works on people that are smart, you know, that are in the know of Shelob. But if I think for maybe someone that's just coming into it, you know. I could see that hooking you in because it's like, you know, you haven't really seen a menacing female presence thus far. You've seen, but you've seen power. You know, yeah, you've seen that's power a cool from, thing to say. From both of the elves set and up. the women. And, you know, and you, you get, a, you know, some of the Helm's Deep stuff, but you didn't, you never get that, you know, is there menacing females in Mordor? And man, she, and she loves just like the, she's a big evil and just for no reason, you know, like. Just because, because of just being in the presence of Mordor, just makes you like that. Mm. Yeah. See, so. this is a this is another one of those those points where, like, I thought the movie ended with Gollum being like, "Ah, tricked you guys, you're screwed, big spider," uh, and then like <laughs> running away. away. So I thought we were going to see it, not just like 
the guy in the corner who is very obviously doing something sketchy, talking to himself super sketchy, <laughs> and then coming over and be like, hey guys, you didn't just see me doing that, right? Anyway, let's go this way instead of that way. I'd be like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. We're not doing that. I just saw you. I, we're not going with you. Yeah. I am. Um, and I feel, but the setup for that is with the trust is, you know, again, them conveying to Faramir, we're bound, you know? So I, I, I think it makes I it just, that, that, yeah. that blind trust that much more important knowing that, hey, you know, you know, Colin's been, you know, he's been risking it all for us. We haven't done anything for this dude. We've just been dragging him around on a rope and then they, mm. the big payoff and then it's, it's too little too late. I, uh, but I think it's I think it's such a good payoff, Chris, because uh, the whole thing oh. is the the shadow and the light. You know, not only am I struggling to put this fucking ring on, but Sam, don't you see inside that I'm keeping this fucking worthless thing around that Gandalf told me was better off dead in the last movie because I'm so scared of turning into this little fucking thing. I need to keep it around in the same way that like an alcoholic needs like that one bottle in the corner that he knows how much is in it. It's locked away in a thing and it's just there, man. It's just fucking there. Just well, like the it. temptation of power and, and like even the trust they're building too uh, over the kind of trauma they're suffering due to this object they both suffered because of it and then the look of betrayal on Smeagol's face when they get captured by Faramir he's like don't struggle Smeagol they won't hurt you and then they beat the shit out of him you understand why Gollum's able to come back around that tree they hate you you know and it's like <laughs> damn that's the character it's, development it's dude. the seduction it the, the seduction of the seduction of the escape mechanism like you said you, you know you know that bottle's there type of deal like and you should kill him and takes it precious yep. right and uh, so you go from sympathizing to knowing it's a threat we didn't see the spider but I think it is a good setup um, for the next movie and I yeah I, I did like it because it, te- it teased a you know a menacing female Mm. I liked it. I yes. dug it. I dug I it. That's neat. And we spend a whole movie wondering, is Smeagol trustworthy? Now we know definitively, no. No. He is not. Yeah. Yes. He and, has uh, I think lost his good. mind. Mm-hmm. Again. Where I is wonder if anyone mind? will ever push him into a volcano. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We'll find out next week. Mm. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. Um, but I guess that's pretty much it for two tower you know we only did 25 percent of the runtime but how about we get over uh, a little closer to mount doom while we talk our final thoughts let's get out of osgiliath these humans are a little weird and let's uh do yeah last thoughts on the two towers lord of the rings coming up next We're back. We're wrapping things up here. We're taking the ring off. We're putting it away. We're letting somebody else hold it for a minute while we talk our final thoughts here on the two towers in our special months-long coverage of the Lord of the Rings franchise. Um, I'll kick it off. I'll just say uh, we didn't even talk about uh, Frodo's little last fight there. The Nazgul, a little small personal flying dragon has probably been on my mind since I have seen this movie or read this book. I almost wonder if that's why I started reading The Dragon Riders of Pern <laughs> as a young man, too. Uh, I love it. I just think they're so cool. I, I, I gotta give them a shout-out. Oh, out. the Fell Beast. That's the closest thing we get to a dragon on this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. We got a little dragon in this it's one. It's all right. It's all right. little dragon. A little draggy. Uh, before final, final thoughts, I forgot. Yeah, we do need to mention the most common piece of trivia on the internet, which is when he kicks that helmet, as you said, he breaks his toe for real, and that's a scream of uh, anguish Fuck. of a broken toe. So everybody knows it. I'm telling you again. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Don't at me. Why I mentioned memes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the helmet kick. Yeah, yeah. But it's okay. Potatoes. Um, so, I, I guess, let, let me just do my final thoughts on this one. I guess we'll go around, um, and we'll leave uh, best for last, guest for last. You got and it. And then uh, we can do that. So, we watched it together. We kind of grew up, when you came back, we watched them together, you know, whenever you're in town. It's like a Thanksgiving kind of thing. Like, it feels like that time. So that's why we're watching now. And I love the Two Towers. Like you said, it's the meat of the sandwich. And I like all of it because of how Faramir, if he's not there, it doesn't explain why Gollum becomes more evil. If Eowyn's not there, it doesn't explain why 
maybe Aragorn's considering his place. And could I just be a, a normal dude with a normal lady, or should I do this elf thing? Do I have a bigger responsibility? You know, there's people being pushed in in direction. Should I keep being racist towards elves and dwarves or not? Maybe we can be friends. You know, <laughs> everyone's growing, and Sam's you speech, can't cut a minute of it, Joe. Not a single minute, especially the salt. <laughs> not part, a frame, because I need the salt on my sandwich too. Salted pastrami. <laughs> and um, the last thing I want to mention is Sam's speech at the end about the great stories, Mr. Frodo. You forgot one of the chief characters. You know, like, that is so touching, and it's, it kind of is the message of hope. It's crazy sad. It's crazy sad, but he almost stabs Sam. Like, that is a very important beat that we glossed over. That is such a powerful moment. My Sam. So, I, I love Two Towers. We'll see how it lands in the rankings once we finish Return of the King again which is almost a five-hour extended, Joe, if you want to sign up for that. Uh, oh, but that's my last thoughts. What are yours, Joe? Yeah. Uh, you know, like I didn't grow up in a Hobbit household. Uh, I've seen these movies. They're too small. It's impossible to escape these I, movies. It wouldn't fit. <laughs> Fantasy is, uh, you know, not my thing. Um, but when it's great, it's great. And obviously, Lord of the Rings trilogy is great. My memory of Two Towers definitely failed me. I thought... All the things that I loved about it were actually either at the tail end of the last one or the beginning of this one, or just don't even exist. So I, I will go ahead and say this is the most excited I've been for a rewatch with anything we've done on the podcast. Any of the Harry Potter movies, uh, any of the Star Wars movies, because those movies I've definitely seen more than I've seen Lord of the Rings. Uh, so I, I'm I'm really excited to watch uh, Return of the King. That's my biggest takeaway. Is uh, I can't wait to. And you uh, haven't seen the Hobbits. This one up. Yeah, and I haven't seen The Hobbits, you're right. I've never seen any of those. It'll be crazy. (laughs) They had just taken him to Isengard. I'm doing it. I'm locked in. Let's see where Peter Jackson takes him after Guillermo del Toro doesn't want to do the project anymore. (laughs) And time's a ticking. But that'll be a tale for another time. Colin, Two Towers, last thoughts. I I will say one more thought. Um, it's, It's just kind of an interesting bit of trivia, too, Mike. Um and it kind of buys into something I said last week. This is on HomeTheaterForum.com. Oh, yeah. A 2013 <laughs> website. Hey, now, what did I say? What were, but what were white guys into in 2012 oh, and 2013? Home, home stereo systems, yeah. setting up home theater <laughs> systems, sound. right? Yeah. A forum for this. That answers a question I had because I, I hit this into Google. Did you guys stay for the whole length of the movie? What happens at the last 15 plus minutes of the film? That was a Do you guys watch all the way through? This? Yes. <laughs> no. I didn't watch An the insane whole listing of names that says to the fans and it just lists oh. out a billion names in a row. And I thought, "Wow, how many people can you name for this?" It's over 15 minutes long, guys. And you go, wow. "Really? Here's what I found." Question, Johnny K on HomeTheaterForum.com community board. At the end of the special extended edition of Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring DVD and the Two Towers, there is a moment that says, Charter members of the Lord of the Ring official fan club, we thank you. Then they name 9,000 charter members in this fan club. Can there possibly be that many people? Did they all contribute to this movie? I was blown away. Here I'm thinking, I'll watch this. How many are there? Well, it went on for 20 minutes. That's right, folks. Time code started. Club credits, 142.32. Time code ended. Club credits, 2 hours, 2 minutes, 8 seconds. That's approximately 5 names per line, 15 lines displayed every 10 seconds. Oh, man. That is 8,820 names shown on the screen at once. Um, over the course of, like I said, over 15 minutes. I did some research and said, what does it mean to be a special member of the Who Lord of the Rings fan club? charter members? <laughs> How did you get All the I could find, guys, is if after you guys saw the first couple, if you paid $40, you joined the Lord of the Rings fan club, and it's only for the extended editions that you're inserted at the end of the credits. Whoa. I don't know what else you get it. I don't know what else these people got from it other than to say, like, I fucking love Lord of the Rings. Fuck you guys. My name is in the credits. I think that's really cool. I, I don't know. It blew my mind. Yeah, I think Jacob might have mentioned, but someone mentioned on Fellowship, yeah, like, the credits were unusually long. Like, the runtime yeah, ended. I didn't sit through the credits. No. I let him play, and I remember seeing a giant block of text, but I missed the 
charter members, but yeah, I guess I'll check. I wondered who they were. I I scrolled through over to it. I saw the block and I thought they can't all be part of some, some third crew. I almost wondered if it was like the 501st, like the star Wars where it's like the guys who dressed up, like was Helms deep, just a bunch of nerds. Like, you know, when they do the montage of like, some of them have seen too many winters, some too few. Yeah. Like, are those just, like, you know, like, local New Zealand weirdos? I don't know. <laughs> well, the horse riders are. They they got every horse rider they could find, and I think it wasn't wow. enough. Wow. And they even got some from International. I know they put women in beards and stuff for, like, the Rohirrim because they didn't have enough trained horse riders. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, that's it. Um uh, Chris, I guess, is that Colin? Anything else on your final thoughts? Besides, no, that's that's a, it. I love you. I love you, Lord of the Rings. This one's the <laughs> best. Mark my words. All right, mock me, Chris. How about you? Final I'm with, thoughts. I'm with you. I love all the meat, but there is one thing we didn't talk about. I'm glad mm. it gets to be my final thought. How about that score, baby? Oh yeah, Howard score. It's I mean, really. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a soundtrack time. nerd, and yes, dude, like it really. It. I mean, and that's another thing that's just it's just going to stand the test of time with you know how iconic the score is and it just really sets the tone for every little thing even the boring things who knows just adding music to these guys searching for stuff just i'm here you know i'm mm. amped for it and I, I really love the music to it and like you said i think because people are putting together sound systems that they really went all in on this soundtrack and i gotta say the score is very incredible and i agree this Big giant stack of pastrami is my favorite, and I'll eat it every day till I'm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's great. Like, I love it. It's my oh, favorite. he's sick. It doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> Too much pastrami. God. How many did you eat, Pip? Four. Um, Meat's back on the menu, boys. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, great. Nice. And then once you have your sound system, you can flex it on Thanksgiving when the family uh, comes over. Yep. Check this out. I got Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I think that theory is starting to, uh, to yeah. hold true. Yeah. See, it's, it's the classic. You got a theatrical. We found out it comes in pints. Had to have it. I'm getting one. Yeah. Had to have it. <laughs> That's incredible. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this. Thank this you for having awesome. me. Thank always, you, dude. It's always, always a pleasure with you brought guys. Brought love, brought time. passion to it. We, we yes. really appreciate it. And uh, Jacob will be back next week. He is going to watch Two Towers. We may have already. He's participating. He'll be back. Th- so basically, the return of the king, everyone. You the know. return of the yep. king. Turn <laughs> back. He was partying with the ends. I will be he present. Found that long <laughs> bottom. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yes. I will be listening. Yes. I will be listening. Yes. In spirit. Uh, eh, listeners, we appreciate you listening along in spirit. Uh, hopefully you're doing it more than in spirit. You're, you're hitting that rate review, subscribe. You're leaving behind some comments that helps us and algorithms and all that bullshit. Go to YouTube, watch our film versions. We love you. We appreciate you. And uh, happy Lord of the Rings to you with your hosts. Uh, I'm going to say like the Uru Colin. I'm going to be bad. I'm going to work now. Well, I'm going to stick with Micah Gorn and I will pot as one of them. <laughs> oh, Lend your loss, man. I didn't think of that to use it one time. <laughs> well, I guess I'll finish off with the... I got the American Freedom shirt with Tina, so I'll just go with Freebeard. Mm. Oh, God bless you, Freebeard. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you, Normie, so much for joining us on this episode of Lord of the Rings, Two Towers. Catch you next week's The Return of the King. Some say this pod needs no king, but I say it does. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. Look to the east on the fifth day and a podcast will be born. The wizard should know better. I... My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools.